spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to, uh, I guess we did go to Annandale, edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. As we put a bow in the 2023 Alabama football season, we're going to modify our format just a little bit. The season is done, the roster and even coaching staffs already aren't the same. And the next game, well, it's almost nine months away, so we can afford to mix it up a little bit. Let's hit some highlights and wrap with a measure of context. Offense, you're up. Alabama offense in the Rose Bowl was a Rube Goldberg machine of self-inflicted harm, a masochist's self-delight. Missed blocks, fumble, low snaps, sacks. Alabama gave away sacks like it was a food bank. Coach was spot on. Take nothing away from Michigan. They played a really good game. But we, Alabama, could have done things better too. The trick is that Alabama never could get things going. Four of the Tide's first five possessions were three and outs, featuring four of Michigan's six sacks. Sixteen plays were run through most of the first half by Alabama. Only 16 plays. The offense allowed itself no legroom to get things going. Milrow's longest pass in the first 26 minutes of play was an 11-yarder to C.J. Dupree, but that came after an eight-yard loss on a sack, and so it wasn't enough to achieve a first down. And so Alabama still punted three and out. Fortunately, the Tide, or Jace McClellan, capitalized on a Michigan muffed punt, where he scampered for 34 yards for a touchdown, itself following a low snap. Alabama did muster a 10-play drive before half to pull within three, But even this was a well-made pig of a drive, featuring two incompletions, a penalty, and a sack, requiring a 50-yard field goal attempt. Thanks, Will Reichert, for making that. Alabama's second half had more promise, but stuck to a theme. Fumbles, snaps, turnovers, and sacks. As plainly as I can say it, on this day, Alabama went to Hollywood cast in the role of Sisyphus and played it well. But it wasn't all bad. Milrow is still one of the best athletes playing anytime he takes the field. Isaiah Bond is emerging into a true number one wide receiver. And Justice Haynes carried the ball only four times, but in my opinion, he influenced the transfer portal. All right, let's flip the field and talk defense. Alabama defense was good, but not good enough when it mattered most. Alabama held Michigan to 2 of 11 on third downs, but allowed 2 of 2 on fourth downs. Alabama's defense was generally confused by motion and misdirection all night. It was a phenomenal game plan, offensive and defensively, uh, for the Michigan Wolverines. Foreshadowing the defense's performance, perhaps, was Caleb's interception, first play of the game, being ruled out of bounds. And hey, look, that was the right call. I'm not arguing the call. He did step out of bounds, only just slightly, but out of bounds is out of bounds. And he was he touched the ball before he reestablished himself in bounds. 
And so he was an out-of-bounds player. I'm not arguing that. But that was the very first play from scrimmage from Michigan. How motivating is that to the Alabama defense? How deflating is that for Michigan if that's a legitimate catch? And then Alabama goes to punch that in into the end zone. The narrative of that game, that's the game Alabama fans wanted to see. The fact that Michigan was able to exhale, hey, we got that out of our system, we're all good, we're going to live to fight another day, we're not falling behind to start the game in that regard. I think that gave Michigan a little bit of confidence to stick with a plan, and they did that uh, quite well over the course of the rest of the ballgame. On defense, there were good things too, just like offense. Deontay Lawson almost, almost blocked the pass that would have sealed the game. It came on Michigan's scoring, uh, tie-scoring drive uh, late in the game, and Deontay jumped, and it looked like maybe he missed the ball, but he barely touched the ball, grazed it with just the nub of his finger. And he didn't change the, the trajectory of the ball so much as he just barely influenced the altitude of the ball. The ball still went directly to its target. It was just a little bit higher than it would have been. It was still within the receiver's catch radius, just at the far reaches of it, and the receiver was able to, to pull it down. It would have been an easier catch had Lawson not touched the ball, but it was still catchable, and it was still caught by the defender. If Lawson had taken a dump at halftime, he would have gotten that extra tenth of an inch to knock the ball uh, out of the realms of, of catchability, uh, to knock that ball, essentially batting it incomplete. We can talk about the fourth down, and we can talk about the overtime, and we can talk about a lot of things, but the metric that of how close that game really was is probably about a tenth of an inch, maybe a quarter of an inch uh, in vertical from Deontay that, uh, knocking that, that ball away. He read it right and played it right, just didn't get quite enough hops uh, to get up there and bat that ball away. Uh, other good things that happened uh, for the Alabama defense, Caleb Downs is just a player. Uh, next season, he'll be the best defender for either team. Who, Regardless whoever Alabama's playing, Caleb Down will be the best defender uh, on the field that day. To, to think that he'll only be a sophomore and that Alabama has him for two more seasons is phenomenal. Uh, Minka, Fitz, Minka Fitzpatrick uh, comparisons are what have already been bantered about, and uh, I think uh, he is on a trajectory uh, similar, from that, similar to that. He's a bigger body uh, player than Minka, but uh, I think he brings a lot to the uh, equation and is capable of making uh, plays all over uh, the field. So it'll be incredible as he gets another year in the system and uh, coaches – will start to use him, specifically use him as tools and weapons uh, rather than just working overtime with him just to get him up to speed. Uh, he's he's going to be more dynamic in what he can bring to the Alabama defense. And Tim Keenan, talk about an old-school, big-bodied interior defensive lining, lineman. That's Tim Keenan. Talk about a player who you can't see his contribution unless you're just watching him play after play, snap after snap. Uh, Tim Keenan is recovering from pretty egregious injury, uh, gruesome injury his senior year in high school, and uh, he has progressed steadily as this season has gone on. Uh, he's going to come back with uh, more health and more confidence in the 2024 season. I think Tim Keenan's going to be a key player for Alabama 
this next season. All right, let's talk special teams like we do. And uh, the short story here is Alabama uh, special teams had a championship winning performance. There's no two ways about it. Uh, offense and defense didn't ring their bells, but special teams absolutely did. Uh, Will Reichert hit two, not one, but two 50-yard field goals, uh, both in critical moments, both with pressure on. Uh, to keep Alabama uh, competitive in the game, in in the game to keep the margin within reach, and so Will Reichert had hit himself a phenomenal day. And if you're looking for a singular hero, despite the loss, you're looking for a singular hero for the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide squad. It looked no further than James Burnup, the Aussie. He had seven punts. He averaged just over 50 yards uh, per punt, so he did hit that promised land. And he went down with. Uh, with what looked to be an apparent injury, potentially a significant injury uh, earlier in the game, that should have been called. It wasn't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna obsess over that. Uh, that should have been called. It wouldn't. That would have led to Alabama first down, continuing to move the ball. Uh, we talk about Alabama being forced off the field, not having an opportunity uh, for their offense to sort of get their legs under them. That could have contributed there. Uh, again, I've already spent more words on that than I want to because we're not sour graping this. Uh, what we're doing is we're saying James Burnup after what looked like may have knocked him out of the game, he came back and continued to have a career day. Uh, so hazard pay and overtime with that apparent injury and seven, punt, seven punts is what Burnup, I think, should talk to his HR rep about. And the fact that he averaged just over 50 yards uh, across those seven punts is phenomenal. Uh, Caleb Downs, we've already mentioned his name again. We're going to mention his name a lot as we continue forward. Uh, he had a saving, a possession-saving uh, punt recover recovery uh caleb was back fielding punts and the ball bounced and he was going to let it bounce and he was trying to get people away but antonio kite was just right there near the ball and so the ball uh sort of flipped up hit him in the heel and caleb uh noticed that and jumped down uh corralled the ball saving the possession for alabama and speaking of punts and fumbles and balls hitting and possession uh quandarius uh, robinson uh q uh, he had a punt recovery where the Michigan uh, defender uh, went to catch the ball, or the Michigan uh, punt returner went to catch the ball, and it just uh, went right between his arms, between the elbows, and uh, uh, Quandarius was able to pick that up. That was the play that preceded, uh, that led to the series where McClellan had his touchdown uh, run in the, what was that, in the first half. So that's a rundown, uh, you know, Alabama offense, special, uh, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, again, special kudos to the Alabama special teams. They did play championship caliber football on this, uh, I was going to say Saturday, but on this Monday, uh, on this bowl day day. Uh, let's start to look at context. Uh, you know, anytime you lose a game, uh, that's frustrating. Uh, when you lose, when you think you're going to achieve a lot more, like, say, like a championship, that's frustrating. But I think there's an opportunity for Alabama fans, especially this season. Uh, there's been seasons uh, where what I'm going to say next wouldn't be true. But it is especially true this season. This season is almost built around this truth. And I think uh, for the right sort of mindset is we got to put this season sort of on the shelf. This is the mindset as Alabama fans that we need to, we need to have that reflective moment uh, and when we, uh, when we sort of mentally put it on the shelf, these are some of the tags that we need to attach uh, to this season. There's a concept in goal achievement, uh, and there's a book with the same name, and, and it speaks to gap versus gain. And sometimes when you focus on the goal, 
what you really end up doing is fixating on the gap. Uh, let's say you're climbing a mountain and you're into it and, and you say that mountaintop's not getting any closer. Uh, I'm extending all of this effort. I'm not getting any closer. And you can, any sort of goal that you would have, you want to drop some weight or you want to pay off debt, you focus on it, you focus on it, and you have so much still left to do that that can be demotivating. It's easy in that way to lose focus. You can recapture your focus and motivation and momentum sometimes by pausing, turning around, and seeing how far you've come. Not focusing on the gap, not focusing on the goal, but taking a moment to rebaseline what is the gain that you've made? How far have you come? You turn around and I can't see base camp anymore, so I have to be closer to the mountaintop. I've already lost 20 pounds, so I have to be closer to my goal. I've already paid off X whatever the goal is. I've already made this much progress. I must be that much closer to the goal. It's a contextualize. It offers a different sort of perspective in how you're looking at things. And so we can look at the 2023 season and we can say, it sucks losing in the playoffs and it sucks not winning the national title. We have failed. We didn't achieve our goal. There's still a gap. Or you can turn around and look at the game. Those San Gabriel Mountains and Chamber of Commerce weather are sure a long way from that soggy September day in Tampa. Coming back against Tennessee, doing it again again against LSU, (laughs) fourth and 31, beating Georgia to end their winning streak while claiming another SEC championship. Those things sure stoke my passion for the game and this 2023 Alabama Crimson Tide squad. Yes, we lost in the playoffs. In the playoffs? Florida State is suing their mama for not making the playoffs. This Alabama team got to go. That game starts to sound like an all-timer season when it's looked at in that context. That is the context, friends, we need to have for the 2023 season. Saban is spot on. He is looking at gain versus gap when he says, this may go down as one of my favorites because of how far this team came. As a coach, it's about improving your players, making them better players, making them better people, and the progress they make. Of course you want to win games, but the progress you make is also a measure. And this team has had more progress than most teams that Alabama has fielded. And Saban has said this may be one of his favorite teams. He's looking at the gain as opposed to fixating on the gap. And again, that's the appropriate context we should take as fans as we sort of mentally catalog and characterize this season, put it on the shelf. Uh, That's the context. Those are the tags we need to place on that box. Roll Tide, friends. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out, a roll tie. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. 
check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.